Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24. Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. Every company has a story to tell, from the small startup to the large enterprise, and everything in between. This is one of them. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Marco. Sean. Today, I feel a lovely shade of purple ah yeah purple yes. is a good color purple is a good color and i i feel majestic as well at the same time <laughs> it is it's a royal color as a it matter of fact color. it's been used uh, i think by uh by kings and uh and royal all over history and uh and i heard there is a knight in that color yeah, as there well there is a knight there is a knight we we've actually uh spoken to the team who who've I don't know if crafted is the right word, but uh, <laughs> have launched the Purple Knight upon us to uh, to help us guard against all things bad in Active Directory, funny enough, uh, the, the key, which holds the keys to our kingdom in many cases. So, so enough of the silly analogies. We, we had a great conversation with the team at some Paris uh, talking about Purple Knight a while back and around the launch of that, uh, that offering, and uh, a lot has changed not just with the with the solution, but in the the landscape and the use of the technologies that uh, run who we are, what we are, and what we do within business uh, in in the form of Active Directory and and ultimately Azure AD as well. So I want to welcome Dan and Guido to the show. Uh, two new folks from Separis joining us. Uh, good to meet you. Good to see you. Thanks for thanks for being on, guys. Thanks for having us. All right. Give me, give me a good how, chat. How about we start with uh, presenting or let you present yourself here, and then uh, we will present also the night after, <laughs> after, after you, though. After Thank you. you. Let's Thank start you. with you, Dan. Well, appreciate you having us. Uh, my name is Dan Latimer. I am the area vice president for the UK here at Sempris. Um, I've been in and around cybersecurity for a very, very long time, been in and around identity for a long time. And yeah. Leading, uh, leading the business here for us in the UK. Guido. Hello, everyone, and thanks for inviting me to the call. Uh, Guido Grillenmeyer. I'm the principal technologist for Semperis and EMEA, uh, supporting um, most of our largest customers and, in general, our technical community. And that especially is around security evaluations, um, utilizing our tools such as Purple Knight and others. Love it. So let's take a look back, if you will, even a few years, I'd say, well, there's no question uh, cloud has become mainstream, right? Everybody's transforming to a cloud, many clouds, hybrid clouds. Um, and with that goes there, if they didn't start in the cloud, they have the, the transition from on-premises to, to the cloud. And one of those critical components is uh, Azure or Active Directory, more specifically. And so, 
kind of talk to me about some of the things you're seeing there uh, from some, some of your customers. How are those transformations going? How are those transitions going? Um, what, what's kind of changed in the past few years from that perspective? Yeah, um, there's a lot of change. There's always change in IT, but uh, the same mistakes get made. I think a lot of the time we look at the future and look at these new technologies, new ways of doing things and think that's going to fix everything. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of value to it, but the old, uh, the old problems still persist. Most organizations will look at uh, understanding who their users are and what they should have access to and building policies around that. Uh, normally, that information is held within Active Directory. It's an old solution. It's been around for a very, very long time. It was built for uh, allowing things to connect to other things quite easily. That problem doesn't go away by just moving to the cloud uh, or doing you know, any of these kind of zero trust programs or anything along those sort of lines. The problem you find is that moving to the cloud, you're just bringing bad technical debt with you. You know, we're moving through to AWS is a, a, a scenario that we see quite often. But what does that system connect back to to understand who the users are and what the application should connect to? So you find this uh, this long tail of technical debt being dragged along into all these modern areas. So we're working with a lot of organizations to help reduce that technical debt and make that more easier to manage. Let's also add uh, that other aspect uh, that's just a reality that companies face, especially those that have been around for a while. They started in the on-prem world and are then um, you know, in the middle of a transformation towards cloud technologies. And those that um, are bound uh, into the Microsoft ecosystem, often through Office 365 and Teams and whatnot, they are often then also considering Azure and uh, with that Azure AD, as the next step forward. Um, now, the big thing that they are faced with that is an application migration to modernize the applications to actually utilize those new directories since the name Active Directory and Azure Active Directory are similar, but the underlying technology for authentication of applications and uh, users, <laughs> absolutely not. So that's why it's the old applications that many businesses run on and rely on for years to come that keep them from actually, you know, making the move away from the on-prem active directory for quite some time uh, into the future it, until the last application has been modernized and they've been migrated away from that. It's like running away from your problem, but you put them in the, in the carriage with you. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and I, I use carriage because I'm already in the middle age here. As soon as you say at night, I go in a different world. But the world is is the present world. So, you know, there is that uh, metaphor of the the knight that defends the, the castle. Uh, but there are, is a different castle, obviously, even if I am on the website now and I do see there is castle with flags and I'm excited to get to London soon and see something uh, of that nature there. And then we'll introduce um, your presence of InfoSecurity Info London. But tell me uh, about the fact that how it has been evolving since the first conversation that we had in 2021, which I believe is when it was launched. And uh, what, what, what new tricks have this night learned? I'll be happy to take that because I was there when it was originally launched and I was just as excited as our product group for <laughs> finally getting it out into the market. 
And I'm telling you, that was a big moment because it was, of course, our first um, freely available tool that was really there to help the community to understand um, the security posture of their Active Directory, the on-prem Active Directory. At that time, we only, quotes, had something like 35 checks that we were um, validating, basically vulnerabilities, so-called indicators of exposure that we were testing against in the on-prem Active Directory. Today, for the on-prem Active Directory, we've got 105 tests that are being performed. So uh, almost uh, three times as many. We've released it on a not quite monthly basis with new updates that uh, either we researched from our research team or we found from you know other um, publications and then made uh, tests to match those uh, publications vulnerabilities to help our customers understand even more of what other um, risks are out there. Lots of focus on certificates because certificates have increased in usage by the um, cyber attackers to get to domain admin credentials. So that is uh, has been a focus in the past. Lots of changes there. And if I hadn't mentioned that before, um, the addition of Azure Active Directory checks as well in the same product, also for free. Yeah for which, um, of course, a particular account is required in that Azure AD tenant, but the usability is the same, easy to use, very powerful in its um, feedback to the operator to understand what are the weak spots and what do I need to take care of? And especially between the two, uh, because you might have a bridge between the two that you want to avoid. And Dan, I, I suppose there's a lot we could say that Many people listening will say, well, I already know that. I'm, I'm dealing with that <laughs> as we speak. And uh, just one example of, I think somebody mentioned uh, the use of team, Dan, uh, Guido, you mentioned teams. Is it possible for uh, a, an organization to have on-premises AD for all their legacy stuff and then implement a new feature that requires something like, let, let's say teams, that requires Azure AD, and now they have this hybrid environment. So... Assuming something like that's possible, you can you can clarify in your response what that might look like. People recognize whatever their scenario is, but what are some of the things that they might miss uh, in terms of, well, now I need to adjust my on-premises to account for this, and as I move or implement the, the Azure AD stuff, I need to consider these things uh, because they, they don't look like the on-premises stuff, and I might not understand how this environment works. There's probably a lot in there, but if you can start questions. to unravel that, unravel that, that'd be great. So um, there's a couple of things here. So when someone is moving through to Azure, they, they still have to take some form of feed from their on-premise active directory. It's going to be very, very rare that you create something completely independent all on its own, because how is it supposed to connect back to the rest of your environment? So generally, if someone is moving to hybrid, they're still dragging some of that historical active directory configurations, et cetera, with them. Um, the big challenge you find is that AD has been around for a long time. Organizations go through acquisitions and divestitures all the time. The user base is forever changing. Applications are coming and going. Your settings and your policies are updated constantly. Um, it's very difficult to keep track of all of that, manage all of that in an effective way. And moreover, the, the skill gap around um, Active Directory is increasing year in, year out. 
So trying to find people that have the knowledge and the context of your environment and then be able to do that type of work in a relatively consistent manner is, is challenging. Um, also, being able to take all that information and do something useful with it is the next battle. So we've tried to make that as simple as possible to do that analysis for our, you know, for our customers, give them that information and then give them some real world actionable insight of how to actually tackle some of these problems and reduce that risk without having to be an expert with an active directory to be able to achieve all that. Maybe I can add on that a little bit because I think it's good to have an example. Uh, what Dan just mentioned uh, is uh, totally right. You you can't you're not starting from scratch because you want to use the same user base. You know, it's it's your your user that that exists just once. It's a warm body, yeah, and and that warm body, ideally, most companies work that way. It doesn't want to re-authenticate in twenty different places. That's where a single sign-on comes in. So you want to actually sort of connect the accounts in the Azure world and the on-prem world. And that connection uh, is happily done through Microsoft technologies such as Azure AD Connect. There's also the Cloud Connect. That's basically just one other way to synchronize your on-prem Active Directory into the cloud. And multiple mistakes can be made just there, Yeah, starting with synchronizing your admin accounts from on-prem to the cloud and making them admins in the cloud. And that's the bridge that I mentioned. You basically uh, you reach in one and then suddenly both environments are easily compromised but another example that we find all over the place and that's that's a warning that our purple night tool would always uh, pop up with is the fact that um there's a powerful account that you through this syncing have granted high privileges in your on-prem Active Directory, and that's uh, the service account that is used to sync those two worlds. And that account has the power to read everything in the directory, including password hashes. It's it's heaven on earth for an attacker to go after that account because then you can also grab the so-called KRB TGT hash. Might be too technical, but it's basically the key hash that an AD requires to generate um Kerbis tokens and if you have that you can generate your own that's the golden ticket that hackers love to create they, they're independent of your domain controllers then but companies often deploy that system on a weak server on a not well protected server it's just another server although that server where that account is on must be protected like a domain controller and those are the warnings that we give with our tooling to make people aware hey, this is critical. You have to consider how you manage this system, how you manage this account that has high privileges. Be aware of it. And once you're aware of a risk, you can actually do something about it or you can choose to accept it. But ideally, you know how to handle it better. Got it. Uh, I'm going to let Sean go in with some more technical question, but I'm thinking from a business perspective to get the big picture. So I'm going to go with Dan. Um, we're in the elevator in the tower of the castle, and you have just the elevator pitch available for me. Like mm -hmm. in few steps, what, why should I as a business owner or a CISO even come and, and say, okay, you know, not only because it's free, but because it's actually accomplishing A, B, C, and D, I want to give it a go. So, go. <laughs> uh, so I think that 
the reality is, is regardless of what your objective is as a business, there is going to be some form of technology that supports that and processes that support that and applications that support that, that have dependencies. Active Directory is going to be one of those dependencies. Uh, you know, we've had scenarios where organizations build huge multi-million pound programs of work to protect this key customer facing application. And forget that Active Directory can just log straight in. So it's, it's, it's there in some way, shape or form. It's going to be supporting whatever it is you're trying to achieve. And ignoring it introduces risk, removes the, the, the likelihood of you being successful because people make mistakes and people are actively targeting it. Okay, good enough. Thank you. Not for me. Not for Sean. It was good. Sean uh, is walking out of the elevator and he's going to keep asking you questions. That's, that's right. I'm, I'm following you all the way back to the office or the castle. No, because I, I think there's... Let's face it, IT and security is not, not an easy job, right? Very complex environments. Uh, you mentioned the skills gap, Dan. Uh, tough to stay up on top of things. Not many people entering this world uh, want to go back and look at on-prem, right? They'd, rather, they'd ra rather look at the funny or the fun, shiny new stuff in the cloud. Um, so you have that further exposure, if you will. So I, I want to kind of paint the picture of where all the exposures might might sit, because that's the first part, right? It was identifying those spots and then and then potentially an active attack on those spots is, is the next piece to look at. But let's look at the, the, the exposure piece. I don't know, Guido, you want to want to touch yeah. on that? Where, where are those parts that you need to be? Absolutely. Preparing? I think uh, I mean, um, You've just mentioned the people aspect of it. Um, Active Directory, the on-prem Active Directory, is no longer sexy for uh, young folks to, to learn. You want to uh, work in the cloud and do the new stuff. Um, but it is because of its lack of attention and its age. We're 2023 now. This technology is easily 25 years old. It was released in 2000, but of course developed years before that has uh, come of age. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And um, it wasn't designed for the attacks uh, of uh, today's world. And that makes it weak partially because it's open. It's, it's very open from a read perspective. I always say it's open like a barn door <laughs> um, because it's true. Microsoft chose the path of openness in the design of Active Directory security that everybody, and that includes every user in your company and every machine in your company has plenty of read permissions in the directory. And that, of course, also includes any intruder that makes it into your corporate network. As soon as they have a step inside through phishing mail, through some other malicious website, whatever people click, and believe me, there's always some way in yeah, through some mechanism. We hear it every day. There is an intruder in your network, and that intruder, he or she, has plenty of permissions to just do reconnaissance against your Active Directory. That's exactly what they're going after because when they find weaknesses in that, and I've just mentioned the DC Sync rights of that highly privileged account, if they find it and it's on a not well-protected machine, hey, you go after that machine. There are accounts that are highly permissioned. You can find all of that by default that are easily uh, so-called Kerber Roastable, yeah, that have a service principle name and basically very uh, attractive method for intruders to uh, grab hashes and basically 
elevate the privileges. Why? Why are they even after Active Directory? It's because it's not just used for you to manage your users and, and servers, but um, to actually grant permissions to data, to grant permissions to business applications. So if I hack Active Directory, if I compromise it and become the domain admin of it, that's always the goal from any attacker that's inside your network. If they get that far, then all other systems are easily breached because it's actually not a break-in anymore. It's a login, yeah, because they just grant themselves permissions through group memberships. They add themselves, might not actually be the domain admin that has permissions to the financial data, but a different group, yeah? Not so difficult to find out once you're in. And that's why Active Directory is the perfect pathway to bring you harm, of course, also really good to manage your environment. But, but the point is, from the intruder's perspective, that centralization of identity has given them power. And of course, that same power would exist for your cloud applications if they are then able to attack your cloud tenant, your Azure AD tenant, no different from the uh, on-prem AD tenant. And that's why you want to protect both of them so that the intruder can hopefully not reach their goal. And um, ideally, you are more through proper hardening, through proper tooling, better protected in your AD so that the intruder can't get further and then chooses a different victim. That is your goal. Yeah, yeah with great power comes great responsibility. And, and I want to, I'll get to the, uh, get to the monitoring detection response piece in a moment, but I want to stick with the, the assessment because I, I think we have an opportunity here, of course, to, to do something good before it becomes a problem. Um, what I want to want to understand from you is kind of where this fits into the operations of, of IT and security. Um, I guess in the old days, you might have an, I, uh, an AD admin that's responsible for this stuff, and perhaps they intersect at some levels with the rest of IT and, and systems and networking and, and apps, um, but fairly self-contained, right? They own that. With the shift to DevOps and everything, everything in the cloud, pretty much, or a lot, most of the stuff in the cloud, uh, responsibility for what gets built and how it gets deployed and and ownership has become very blurred along alongside the, the technology as well. So how how does an organization leveraging Purple Knight and some Paris uh, get a view of of what's going on in the context for where the right person or team owns taking action on it before it becomes a problem yeah that is a that is a million dollar question it's uh, not always easy to answer um right you know you kind of hit the nail on the head it sometimes will fall in between infrastructure sometimes will fall into identity sometimes will fall into security and sometimes it can be in some very weird and wonderful places that no one could ever expect and predict and this also furthers the the challenge you have uh, you know operationally you have people making changes and uh, you know, you have suppliers making changes. Sometimes suppliers manage it as well. Uh, we've had a, use, a scenario a couple of days ago where someone said, yeah, a change got made. And we asked all the suppliers, who was it? And everyone said, wasn't me, wasn't me. This has now moved from an operational problem to a security problem. It was, it was, it was a legitimate, you know, someone just didn't want to make a mistake. Um, the reality is, is helping clients uh, working through this and actually exposing some of that risk and issue allows us to, you know, work, work further down that, that vine to find out who actually is the person responsible it is always a challenge to try and figure out exactly who 
who is responsible? Do they have a, a, an operational mindset associated with this or is it a security mindset? And it's always trying to tie the two different camps together, you know, the operational and security teams together. Because ultimately that's the only way that these problems get fixed because it is, it's, it's both problems. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting you know, dynamics. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it here because um, I'm thinking and I'm kind of tease on that. Uh, you know, we we will meet again and uh, soon uh, at InfoSecurity Europe in in London, and uh, plenty of castle there. Excited about it, but um, the the conversation there. Um, I think they choose a great uh, theme for for the event, which is rethink the power of InfoSecurity. And when I think about that, I think about it's not just to protect but is also exactly empower right the power allowed to do business and and i think the active director is is perfect because you can't block everything otherwise you block the business so <laughs> that is a really important observation to to make but also it add values to to the business nowadays the conversation is about if you are a secure biz business you are a more valuable business and I would love to hear from you, maybe some, um, maybe Guido, some some case study of, of clients that really have empowered themselves to to do better business because of St. Paris and because of the the tools that you have. Absolutely. I mean, um, there's uh, no names that I can mention particular, uh, of course, but I've had uh, plenty of, uh, first of all, we as a company have received tremendous amount of feedback from the community, um, from our tool that has been downloaded and used many tens and thousands of times already. And of course, that is growing because, you know, we're releasing new capabilities, new features. But specifically, um, I've uh, worked with uh, quite a few clients that were simply not aware of their, um, let's say, security posture of their active directory and the risks that they would face if an intruder made it into the network, gets to the corporate uh, uh, network layer, and basically is then able to easily compromise the active directory. That visibility wasn't there. Now, um, that alone has helped them to realize that they needed to reprioritize. Yeah, mm -hmm. That alone was, uh, uh, they were able to realize, okay, with, let's say, additional, um, not, I, I wouldn't say push, but additional um, hints at, well, think about, do a dry table uh, run as to like, what are actual dependencies on this technology? Do you still have critical business apps um, that you utilize in your environment that depend on Active Directory, yes or no? And too many, had to answer absolutely yes uh, if this wasn't uh, um, working if this was taken down and breached we couldn't do our business so uh, after going through that exercise and we had things like i mentioned their Kerber roastable account that you can do something about by making passwords of those service accounts much larger much harder uh, much longer much harder uh, to attack um, like not in the lifetime of uh, normal machines Let's disregard quantum computing here for a second, because that's a totally new risk in, in trying to tr crack passwords. But uh, in the normal um, systems, uh, it would take years to crack those longer passwords or old configurations that were left over 
from some old web applications with unconstrained delegation turned on. Again, uh, don't want to go into the technical details too much, but it helped them to uh, to realize, hey, we that's a risk of that machine. We're actually not no longer using that app. We were able to unconfigure a lot of their risky issues and basically go through this point to point to point by point to actually make them more secure not just feeling more secure, but also being able to prove to management their security improvements over time through you know, multiple runs of the PK report. Now, often these customers then realize they need more for their Active Directory protection. Of course, we have professional tools, uh, commercial tools to help them beyond that, but um, they're thankful for all the wealth of information and expertise they're already getting with a free tool. And I, I mean, great examples. And it just leads me to believe in, I'm, I'm going to encourage everybody to either connect with you in person in, in London or follow up with you after, because I, there's so much more that we, that we can cover here in this conversation. But one of the things that I think, Purple Knight does that is critical for an organization who hasn't really looked at this in depth is indicator or compromise. And I don't know if this is the right way to, to look at it, but we, we talk about like an, an intrusion detection and prevention and uh, endpoint protection. We look at false positives, right? Where things look like they're, they're real attacks and in fact they're not so teams spend a lot of time tracking it down it's not really an issue here there's a potential for false negative right where it looks like a legitimate login looks like a legitimate access yet in fact it's something bad taking place so how how do you help organizations one determine if there's something there that's bad already and then ongoing look for activities that look legitimate, but really aren't. Do you want me to take that? I'll be happy to give you a few thoughts on that, uh, yeah. then can expand. Um, you, you're touching on a very difficult uh, point uh, because of course, um, first of all, Purple Knight is a tool that you spin up in the moment and then you check the environment and what we can find is traces of things that intruders have left behind, such as Mimikatz DC Shadow. It's clear signal of, ooh, this is nothing that you do every day in your operations. If if there is traces of that found in your AD, that's typical in an intruder trying to persist in your environment. Now, often um, the attack is of course happening not inside Active Directory, it's happening on the endpoint, yeah, where um, companies haven't done the greatest uh, in doing a proper tiering model that hinders a domain admin to log on to a normal end client. That's how most uh, environments are breached. And then from that endpoint, the intruder simply steals the credentials, yeah, be past the hash, past the ticket, doesn't matter. He becomes the domain admin and doesn't actually change anything in your AD. And you need to figure out by what they're doing if it is a legitimate task or not. And that's where commercial tools come into play. That's not where Purple Knight can help much. Purple Knight can find specific changes that are suspicious that shouldn't have happened. 
also injection of Sid history is also a good example that an intruder might have tried by, you know, using the Sid of a domain admin group, of the domain admin group, injecting it to a lesser um, uh, suspicious normal account. That normal account becomes a domain admin and you don't see it anywhere. Not in the domain admin group, hasn't changed, etc. So there, there are ways uh, that that we can find uh, what intruders have done with uh, your environment, and Purple Knight even helps there. But the act of the change, we can only capture with um, active components in the environment. And that's, again, where a commercial uh, directory services protector tool comes in. And that's the beauty of being able to make an audit on the spot, like real time, not what was uh, six months ago. <laughs> that doesn't help me much. I mean, it does help better than nothing, but, you know. Um, so we're, we're getting to the end of this conversation, but we'll, we'll meet again uh, soon in London. I mentioned a few times at the Excel London, there is InfoSecurity Europe. It's the 20th, 21st, 22nd of uh, June. And uh, I know you guys are there. So then uh, you want to make a call to action to invite people to come and visit you guys to, to your booth where you are and uh, what they can uh, learn there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, the stand is E62. We'll be there all three days. I'm more than happy to help give you any, uh, any and all guidance we can around Active Directory, securing it uh, and making your life a bit easier when managing it as well. That's the key, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants an easy life. Right? <laughs> easy uh, button. Right. <laughs> Fix it for me. <laughs> more tech. That's right. Well, I mean, as things as things become more complex, uh, it'd be nice to know that we, we have some help from, from folks like you and, and technologies to help uh, people like you help us <laughs> help, help uh, our teams be more successful. Um, well, uh, great conversation. Great to hear uh, things are progressing and uh, the, the growth of Purple Night uh, continues. And uh, I mean, yeah, super cool stuff. And I'm excited to see you both in London along with the rest of the team and uh, hope to meet some folks there as well. Of course, we'll be, we'll be chatting with you live uh, on site to, to kind of get your feel for what's going on and what, what are some of the conversations you're having there. So we encourage everybody to stay tuned. Yep. And uh, we'll include links to uh, Purple Night and uh, some Paris and your profiles. So, and then the link to your stand or, uh, so people know where you are. Uh, so those listening and watching, you can grab all that information in the show notes. And uh, Marco, I'm still, uh, still feeling, feeling royal and purple. Good, good, good. I'm uh, I'm excited. AD at this point. I'm excited to to get on the big bird metal bird and uh, and get to London and and meet a lot of interesting people there. Everybody interested in in and and with the same objective, which is to make our business more secure. So, looking forward to that. And uh, for everybody, stay tuned. The, there is a page all dedicated to info security. Uh, Europe coverage on ITSP magazine and there'll be many more stories straight from the floor as well. We'll get creative there. So stay with us. Dan, Guido, thank you so much again. Take care. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. 
If you learned something new and this story made you think, then share ITSBmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG 24.